Hi, this is Chantel Schieffer, President and CEO of Leadership Montana. Views and opinions shared by guests of Listen First Montana do not reflect the opinions of all of our alumni or organization. We are a large group with lots of opinions, believe me. If you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, we invite you to listen deeply, listen hard, and listen first. Welcome to Listen First Montana, a podcast of Leadership Montana. I'm Eric Halverson. This week, we're excited to bring you a special multi-part episode straight from the 2021 Montana State Legislature. On Friday the 29th of January, Chantel and I spent the morning recording in the halls of the Capitol building in Helena. We recorded in a high traffic area with lots of busy legislative action happening all around us. So you'll hear a fair amount of background noise, but you'll also hear from seven different guests with diverse political views all in this one special episode. There are currently nine Leadership Montana alumni serving in the State House or Senate, and today you'll hear from four of them, two Republicans and two Democrats, along with several other alumni working hard on key issues that shape our state. Here's the lineup for this episode. Jen Hensley, Government Relations for Pacific Source Health Plans, Representative Alice Buckley from HD63 in Bozeman, Representative Terry Moore, HD54 West Billings, Senator Tom Jacobson, SD11 on the north side of Great Falls, Ray Shaw, former state representative, HD71 from Sheridan, and Melissa Shannon, public affairs professional and lobbyist and senior vice president of Strategies 360. And last but not least, the guest we'll start with, Dwayne Ankney, state senator from Colstrip, representing SD20. Among other things, Senator Ankney and Chantel discuss a famous speech that then-Representative Ankney delivered on the House floor on Senate Bill 107 back in 2013. We've patched in the audio from that speech and hope you'll enjoy it. Without further delay, here's Chantel. start, Senator, by telling us who you are and where you're from. Uh, Senator Dwayne Ackney. I'm from uh, Colstrip, Montana. Uh, I represent uh, part of Custer, most of Rosebud, all of Treasure, all of Muscle Shell, and the largest geographical area of uh, Yellowstone County. And you are currently serving in the Senate, and is this your last term in the Senate? This is my last session. Last session. Oh. I've served since 2007. You've been here a long time. I've been here a long time. <laughs> Are you ready to be done? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've seen a lot. What, what's different about this session besides the pandemic, besides the, the weird way that we're showing up here? What's, what's different than when you started? Well, I, you know, you got to mention that because first week I was here, there was nobody in the halls. And slowly over time, the lobbyists and stuff has started to show up. But of course, the obvious is we have a Republican governor, which uh, and we have a a pretty good majority in the Senate and in the House uh, of Republicans. That's different, a little bit different. Uh, Some of the some of the legislation being proposed is a little bit different, but things are just moving really, really slow. Mm. I mean, I've never seen it. I mean, I've hit this front door the first day and never stopped till the last day. It just isn't like that right now. It's uh, pretty slow. What do you attribute that to? Is a lot of people learning for the first uh, time? I think a lot. Well, no, because there's always... A lot of people learning but I think a lot of it has to do with uh, a lot of people on zoom and then in order to do your committee work uh, a lot of information that you would normally uh, get face to face or like that it's comes in on some kind of technology teams or zoom or you know, and I'm not on that stuff. I, I don't 
like that. I like face-to-face discussion. Mm-hmm. So I think that's got a lot to do with slowing it down. And, and, uh, but it's slow. So despite that slowness, what do you see as opportunities for this session? Well, I think there's some uh, opportunities. I was very uh, pleased with the state of the state last night. I think that, uh, you know, we need to, uh, of course, we, with limited amount of revenue, we still got to try to do something about the the property taxes for the elderly. I think there's a real opportunity to do something about that, about the fixed income uh, folks out there. I think there's a lot of opportunity to cut through some of the uh, bureaucratic stumbling block uh, regulations that we've had. Uh, not things that uh, deal with uh, folks' uh, safety and welfare, but just bureaucratic uh, stumbling blocks that creates bureaucratic jobs you know mm-hmm. I think we can I, I'm looking forward to uh, some of that and uh, I don't know there's just a lot of opportunities I think and and I think uh, both the House and the Senate uh, have the right kind of leadership to uh, lead us towards some of that stuff legislation. What does leadership mean to you? Leadership. You know, somebody that uh, um, acts, uh, you know, respectable and and acts by how they act. Uh, So I I think they're both uh, pretty good leaders. Uh, Mark Blaisdell came in with me, or President Blaisdell came in with me in 2007. He was a Speaker of the House. He uh, put me in 15 or sometime. Uh, Chair of Appropriations. Uh, Only time in history this state ever passed a budget 100 to nothing. Let's talk about that. I'm so proud of you for that (laughs) to this day. And and Representative Hollenbaugh at the time. Um, What did... What did that look like? How'd you do that? Don't ask me. <laughs> I've asked you before. Hey, you know what you've said? It's just what? <laughs> you've said collaboration, common ground, and gracious space. I don't know if I use gracious space. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll edit that I, have a, <laughs> I have a problem with that. You know? <laughs> long as you're gracious with me, I'm gracious with you. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, it was. It was fantastic people on uh, uh, Appropriations Committee. Uh, it was the first time uh, I was allowed to meet with them for three or four days before the session to get the ground rules out there and find some kind of common ground, and that common ground was family. Mm-hmm. Everybody cares about their family. And... Uh, that even though we had a, a majority on the Appropriations Committee, everybody was going to have input. Everybody was going to work on their committees. And uh, you had people like Tim, uh, Kim Dudick and Galen Hollenbaugh on the Democratic side. And you just had some really good people that uh, was willing to work together uh, on that uh, Appropriations Committee. Well, and it was historic. And, and what Senator Ankney is talking about is in 2015, the budget, proposed budget passed the House in a, re- in a historic vote, 100 to 0. Never happened before. It hasn't happened since. No. All five sections. You got five sections you vote on, and then you vote on the whole, the budget as a whole, and they all passed 100 to nothing. So I, I imagine that has to be one of your fondest moments and memories of your time here. W- what might be another one? I don't know. Uh, even the bad times are good. Uh, I think. Uh, I think just uh, being able to show up and represent your people in this building. Yeah. Don't get any better now. It sure doesn't. 
you, you mentioned that for so many of us, family is, is our common ground. And I know that your family has shown up in different ways for you throughout your legislative career, your daughter, for one. Can you talk about that piece of legislation? Well, I can't. I don't know. I think it was 134. I can't remember. Members of the committee, you now have before you Senate Bill 107. What is your pleasure, Representative? It was a, a, some kind of sodomy law, some god dang thing I never thought I'd ever talk about, you know. But uh, they really started, there was a, some folks started bashing uh, gay people. And I'd had enough. So I stood up. And we killed that. And that law was put into effect, I don't know, in the 50s. or It was unconstitutional. Uh, Linda Grayson, I believe, had beat the constitutionality of that law at one time, but yet we kept it on the books. And it was an embarrassment. And it really pissed me off. So... We killed it, and it meant a lot to me. What did it mean to you? Standing up for a lot of families, my family. Uh, there was a group that, I don't know, Rainbow Coalition or some damn thing, they uh, they made these T-shirts after we uh, killed that bill with my a picture of me on the front of them. This Christmas, <coughs> I gave my daughter a picture of that, or a framed uh, T-shirt for Christmas. Mm. My daughter's gay. And uh, so it still means something today. I think that was 2009. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. I'm still trying to get my hands on one of those T-shirts. <laughs> With no luck. But you were. You were a hero of, of the LGBTQ community because of, of that floor speech. And, and people talk about it to this day. The quorum is present. The House is ready for business. Further discussion, Representative Ankney. Madam Chair, <clears throat> I haven't heard a lot of discussion about rights. This is about rights. These are individuals, they have rights. I raised five kids. Oldest is a daughter. I got four sons. Three of them are veterans. And them four sons would give their last breath for my daughter to live her life in the way she chooses. To say she is any less of a person or she is a criminal for his li her lifestyle really upsets me. And for anybody that would feel that way, upsets me. I consider myself a good Christian because my belief in God, he has drugged me out of the dregs of drunkenness, all sorts of things. So I know the power of prayer and the power of God. And I don't think God thinks any less of my daughter than he does of any one of you in here. This bill is an embarrassment. The, the law is an embarrassment on the good people of Montana. 
It should go away, and it should go away as quietly as it can. Thank you. Well, they uh, wanted me to go on a speaking tour. I said, hey, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, uh, I believe in what I did, and uh, I'm proud of it. But I don't think I want to be on a speaking tour. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get you too far away from Colstrip. No. All right, last question. Um, what has Leadership Montana and your experience with Leadership Montana meant to you? It's really hard for me to say. I mean, it's meant a lot to me. I mean, uh, the people, uh, one thing that I met. Uh, I think it, uh, I think I worked uh, blue-collar stuff all my life. I worked in a coal mine, greasy, coal dust, you know, swearing, slamming things around. And I think what Leadership Montana did for me was uh, put me in the mainstream of uh, kind of being a more calm person. I mean, it... it uh, it put me with a bunch of people. It took me totally out of my element, and uh, which I don't have any problem talking to people, but uh, it just uh, uh, put me in that, uh, took me out of my element and put me in a, a totally new environment that, uh, that really helped me. It helps me to this day. I mean, I still have a problem with gracious space, but you know, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's just who I am. I mean, but the rest, uh, uh, but uh, the, uh, the program as a whole uh, has really helped me out uh, in a lot of ways, a lot of different ways, not only the contacts, uh, the networking through the people, but uh, I think it made me feel better about myself. Awesome. Thanks, Dwayne. Yep. Get back to committee. Appreciate you. joined now by Jen Hensley from our class of 2016 and our master's class of 2019. Jen works in government relations for Pacific Source Health Plans here in Helena. Hi, Jen. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. good. I'm good. Tell us what you're seeing in the building uh, this first part of the session. Um, I think I see a lot of people who uh, want to run full out in a particular direction and are holding themselves back. A few are, are heading down that sprint, but I think the majority of folks want to reach out and hug one another and then are holding back and saying, would you like me to put on a mask? Are you okay to have this conversation six feet apart? And those are the sorts of questions and considerations that I don't see a lot in our headlines and social media especially. Um, the, the bickering and the lines in the sand make headlines and that's why they happen part of me thinks that's necessary as we define our boundaries but in uh, my experience um, I see you know Democratic senior senators at dinner with the spouses of Republican um, uh, spouses uh, having a baby shower and I see um, Republican representatives and lobbyists for um, traditionally left advocacy groups comparing notes on football in the hallway and figuring out how to maintain those friendships that have been nurtured for decades in some cases. And that gives me hope. For sure there's adversity and for sure there's vitriol in some corners, but it's mostly for the cameras. I, I, want, I don't want people to think that this building is all difficulty and strife. There's a lot of love here. Finding common ground in uncommon places. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. It's great to see you. It's so good to see you. Start, please, by telling us who you are and where you live. 
Yes, I am Alice Buckley, currently representative Alice Buckley from um, House District 63, which is in Bozeman. It's a pretty interesting district. It's the university district. Um, and then it's a lot of affordable housing. So it's it's apartment complexes, trailer parks, um, dense housing. It's students. It's young folks. It's working families. feels good to be representing that community here. Mm. And this is your first time as a legislator. This is my first time. Yeah, I think I think we're on day 20 today. What does it feel like to be a first-time legislator? What What is that experience like? Help our listeners paint a picture for us. It feels good. It feels like, I mean, it feels like the biggest privilege I could imagine. The opportunity to be showing up in this building with other people who are interested in serving our our state and our community and for me to get to participate in that experience to get to have a voice in the conversation to get to be thinking about what it looks like to advocate for my community is it's amazing it hasn't gotten it hasn't it it hasn't grown stale or frustrating um it's it's a pretty overwhelming feeling of um of privilege and responsibility so what is your why why did you decide to run and to serve in the legislature i mean i i i want to show up for my community i want to participate in the change i want to see i i guess i stopped maybe believing that other people could do that better than me and felt like instead wow i can do that because all i need to do is have a willingness to show up and a willingness to be curious and a willingness to work with other people and um and just imagine a future that I believe in for Bozeman and for Montana. What would you tell other young people who wanted to consider being a part of this process running? So maybe someone who thinks that I'm too young to do this. I can't do this or this isn't for me. I would say there's no narrative you've told yourself that I haven't told myself and I'm here and you can be here too. And I mean, I think that's, that's that's been one of the most interesting, exciting parts um, of campaigning and then beginning to serve is trying to make this process more accessible and transparent and to say it's we're out here. We're humans. We're just humans who who are who are deciding to participate in this particular way in shaping our communities. Um, but it's it is it is here for everyone um and i would just welcome with open arms anyone who wants to anyone who thinks about participating in this it's um yeah i'm here i'm here for that because you are you're one of the youngest legislators right yeah we do have um we do have some young folks in the republican caucus i think i'm the youngest democratic legislator do you feel that way do you feel other than any way in that respect? No. You're treated no. As, a, as a young kid? No, I don't. Um, and I think I, I think I represent my district really well. And I, 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 this is a, this is something I'll be working on for many years, but just an, another reason I wanted to run is feeling like there's, there's not enough emphasis placed on issues that affect young folks and students and young families. And so to, to get up and talk about student debt relief, to talk about affordable housing, to talk about childcare, um, to talk about workforce development right out of college, um, renters protection, just, just all of that to get to, to get to say, Hey, here's a perspective that we don't often hear in this, in this body, because there are just not many people who have that lived experience or are living that experience right now. Mm-hmm. So when this session is over and you're in your car headed back to Bozeman, how will you know that you've succeeded? Mm. I love that question. I mean, I've been just paying close attention to my heart and just trying to show up as, as myself. Um, th- that's one way I'll know I'm, I've succeeded. Um, but to me, as a freshman legislator in the super minority here in 
in um, the House of Representatives, I have been focused mostly on a, on increasing accessibility and transparency to the process. So if I feel like there are more people out there who are engaged in the legislature, who are thinking about running, who have had their voices heard in testimony, in committee hearings, who feel like, wow, I know a little bit more about what goes on in this building than I did before. And actually, because I know more, I feel like I'm more able to access access these people in this process and affect change. And so if and I already feel like I've been doing that. I feel like I've been doing that over the campaign. I feel like I've been doing it here in the first few weeks in office. And that that feels successful to me. I, I will be really proud to feel like I've invited more people into this space. Mm. I think one of the barriers to this citizen legislature is employment, right? Often we see people who are retired or who work in seasonal opportunities you know we don't see a lot of people that that have to work full-time you have a kick-ass employer right who's given you this time to to serve is that true yeah tell us more about that yeah it is a it is a barrier and it it's all it's been a really interesting journey because it it I think at face value it 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 feels it it feels like it'll it'll be valuable to all of us. And then when we got into the nuts and bolts, it was like, wow, this is hard to make it work. It's hard to step away for four months and it's requiring my colleagues to step up and take on additional work. Um, and I'm, I am getting a, a leave of absence. So they're holding my, my job. Um, and I feel incredibly grateful to that. And I feel like working for an employer who understands the value of public service, who's committed to me as an employee and then still wrestling through a number of barriers has been incredibly eye-opening. And I am trying, and again, this is a a multi-year dream of mine, but trying to increase access to to politics and make it a bit easier for folks who are working full-time. I presented my first bill this morning, which was a bill to allow for the use of campaign funds for childcare. Um, I felt really proud of that again it's not it's just a step in the right direction of saying how can we get other people here who who represent different experiences and perspectives um because we're a body that's of by and for the people um and at the moment we're not necessarily representative of all montanans so i've heard you say your priorities are making government more accessible more transparent what are some other priorities for you this session I mean, another priority that feels exceptionally exciting is just building relationships. Um, And that has been, I I think, more fulfilling, more lovely, more, um, more, and and just easier than I anticipated. Um, It's Leadership Montana has been a really fun way to do that. I think the members who are Leadership Montana alumni in this body are they all walk that walk too. They focus on relationships. They focus on common ground. Um, so that's a priority. I am certainly interested in advocating for my community as well. Um, working on bipartisan solutions to childcare, working on student debt relief, um, working on some bipartisan solutions to, um, to supporting victims of sexual assault. So I, I am certainly working on, on policies that I feel excited about. Um, and we'll see where those, again, as a freshman um, in the minority, we'll see where those go. But but working with working across the aisle has has just been such a, a treat. Um, it feels really good. So, how has your leadership Montana experience prepared you for this? Oh my gosh! I mean, how is it? I feel like how has it not prepared me for this? I don't think I I don't think I would have ever run for public office without having gone through leadership Montana um, in terms of giving me a deep appreciation for this state, for the diversity of lived experiences and communities that make up this state um, in terms of my own, I think my own responsibility to serve as well as ability to serve too. Just this and and a confidence in myself as well. Something that has that has been rewarding 
um, more than I can express is relationships with with people across the aisle with whom I have deeply shared values and common ground. And that's a key part of, of leadership Montana. I also think too, I'm, I'm just interested in, I'm interested in doing good work here and um, I'm not interested in, in stymieing progress. I'm not interested in getting into fights and the, and the other, and that's something that anyone who shows up to leadership Montana is interested in, um, in a context outside the legislature, but the other legislators who are Leaders of Montana alumni are also interested in that. They're also interested in doing good work. Um, and that, I mean, it's just such a privilege to be among colleagues who also want to do good work here. I saw you in the hallway just before we started. You, you met Dwayne Ankeny, Senator Ankeny, I think for the first time as he was coming in to, to interview with us too. And um, just, I love watching alumni meet each other for that first time, especially when you're working in a, an environment like this, in, uh, in, an, in a time like this, and, and in areas that are just so important. Um, Dwayne's one of my favorite people. I can't wait for you to get to know him. Yeah, I feel the same way. Cool. Alice, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want the people of Montana to know? I mean, that this is just the, the biggest privilege I could imagine, and it I would invite anyone to participate in it. There are so many ways to participate in public service. It doesn't need to look like running for the legislature. It doesn't even need to look like running for public office. But participating in service to our communities um, is it's a privilege and it's important. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm going to have you first, Terry, tell us your name and where you represent. Well, good morning. What's left of it here this morning? Uh, my name is uh, Terry Moore, and I'm a House District Representative uh, for District 54 in West Billings. Wonderful. Tom, tell us who you are and where you represent. I'm uh, Senator Tom Jacobson. I represent uh, District 11 on the north side of Great Falls. That runs from Black Eagle to uh, through uh, Riverview, Valley View, all the way out to Sun Prairie. Wonderful. You're both graduates of Leadership Montana. Absolutely. Tom having graduated in 2011 and Terry in our first class in 2005. Right. Long time ago. Uh, I'm glad uh, I can still remember. Yeah, me too. So my first question for both of you is, how has your Leadership Montana experience kind of influenced your work in the legislature? Well, perhaps in uh, many ways, but it, it's hard in life. Uh, leadership Montana was important uh, in a season of time of growth and leadership, uh, and it contributed to, I would say, particularly in engaging with other people and different opinions, different perspectives, uh, different values even, perhaps. Uh, and I think it was highly instrumental in, in helping develop an opportunity to say, even though we differ on many bases, I can still respect you, I can still hear you, and we can still spend time together. And frankly, we have a lot more in common than we have in differences. And that doesn't eliminate uh, our differences. I just help it, I think it helps us uh, have the freedom of speech and a freedom of engagement with one another. And so I've uh, I try to help model that, and there's uh, a lot of challenge in today's culture and environment where we want to cut people off, where they don't agree with our perspectives. And having the opportunity to listen to one another and look at one another in the eye and say, I, I just disagree, and here's why. And you, then you can go have a cup of coffee or go have lunch together. Mm. You know, we heard a very similar example from someone who just graduated from Leadership Montana a year ago, and she's in her first term in the House. So that's just proof positive to me that, that the, the lessons, the values that we teach at Leadership Montana, whether you went through the first year or the most recent year, are, are concrete. Absolutely. Tom, how about for you? Well, I think in all that we do, gracious space comes back over and over again, and that understanding and that acceptance of... Uh, um, of where people come from and, and, and the respect that we provide for them and that, that opportunity to, to, to listen um, 
you know, we, we never learn anything while we're talking, um, but we do learn when we're, when we're listening and having that opportunity to do so. And I think that's, you know, for myself, uh, you know, bringing that to, to the legislature, understanding the, and trying to understand where people come from, what their communities are like. You know, the time we spent uh, understanding and, and traveling the state and uh, spending time under, you know, learning about economies and communities and culture and, and what really is driving these decisions and what, what formulates or what, you know, hopefully helping to understand where any other legislator is coming from based on that community and respecting that, right? I mean, I come here uh, with, a, with a community that's very, I guess we'd call purple and uh, very moderate. We've got folks that come here from communities that are very, very conservative um, or very, very uh, progressive or liberal. Um, and understanding, and then there's a bunch of us on Republican or Democrat that are in the middle, we're moderates. And uh, so for us to understand where everybody's coming from, what their, um, what their priorities are, and really what their, you know, what their responsibilities are to their constituents based and help, you know, based on our travels and understanding, um, I think that really helps to play a part in, in building communication, building trust, and most importantly, building relationships, because that's really how things get done here. Absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, I think foundational to to any work, com any group coming together to work together is those those foundations of relationship that you can build. So, what what do you see, Tom, as a significant challenge that Montana faces right now? I think um, there are, there are a number of challenges right now. Uh, number one is the economy. We got to make sure the economy is back on track. Um, there are different ways to go about that. I think that's part of the discussions we need to have. Um, I think understanding exactly again what you know what our end goal is, and then uh, and then debating or working towards those strategies uh, or policies on how to get there. And so, if we want to build business and we want to build good-paying jobs. Um, and we want to build, um, you know, outdoor recreational opportunity. We want, you know, want to keep Montana the, uh, the last best place. Then we have to look at what are those strategies to do that. And there are different ones, you know, that we see where our governor is proposing. We've got some where we see our democratic uh, uh, contingency or, uh, or caucus is proposing. And what would be nice is if they could both start to look together and understand what, you know, how each, you know, how each approach is both positive or negative and trying to come to, to, to some common ground. I don't know if that'll happen. It, it, you know, it doesn't typically happen that way, but that's, that would ultimately be my dream because there are good points on both sides. And, but you know, we've got to be able to get together. And, and uh, you know, I think it was, um, was it Roosevelt who said, you know, we can accomplish anything that, as long as we don't care who gets the credit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think hopefully at some point we as politicians or as, uh, policymakers care less about our ideologies and whether my party gets the win and more about if the people of Montana get the win. And that's when we're going to see true progress. Do you see that as a potential for this legislature to be able to find those places of, of common ground? I'm hopeful. I'm definitely hopeful. Um, uh, and I think I definitely see where there are places to uh, find that common ground. Um, but right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay hopefully optimistic, and I guess we'll see in 90 days how if that comes to fruition. How about for you, Terry? Do you see opportunities for finding common ground with this legislature? Oh, absolutely, and it's uh, I think it's already occurring. <laughs> but I say that uh, maybe to put a context to it. If we think that we're going to be absolutely completely united in most decisions, uh, that'll be pretty rare. And as I remind people from when I was knocking doors campaigning is if we have enough conversation, we will soon be able to quickly identify where we differ. And so a lot of people want to have that conversation about, well, let's see, let me understand where we, where we differ as our, uh, to describe our relationship. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, unfortunate that that's our path of discovery. I told people I was knocking doors. I said, if we keep having enough conversation, we will discover where we will find differences. My wife and I differ on a number of issues. And guess what? We love one another. Mm -hmm. And so we can 
uh, find an environment and create, help create an environment where there are differences and whether it's the path of what are the specifics around an economic job program, uh, whether it's around taxation, it, it hardly will matter any of those significant policy issues that there will not in fact be differences. And we have to say that's okay and that's to be expected. To me, the important thing is, did we honor a process that we listened to one another, that we tried to understand where different perspectives were coming from? Are, are we being compassionate with one another? And are we be, do we still have convictions to who we are and the principles that we stand on? And I think we can still agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, even in the political cycle. And so I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for the process to continue to improve. But I still see on the floor of the House as an example or within committees, the Democrats and Republicans or any division within the Republicans, uh, we still can join arm to arm and uh, connect with one another. Mm -hmm. Sometimes emotions get in, you know, still play. We are, you know, the Lord created us with emotions, among other things. And they're not there just for warning signs. Uh, they actually drive a lot of great things within us from joy and peace. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and, and a host of other uh, considerations. And so it isn't to become unemotional and simply rational, but how do we take all of who we are and have an engagement with one another that is rich and rewarding, not just for us individually, but for Montanans as a whole. Hmm. Just in this very quick conversation, I am I'm so much hope just listening to a Republican member of the House of Representatives and a Democratic member of the Senate sharing the same message just makes me hopeful that we can find those places of common ground. Terry, I have to take the opportunity to ask you a question about Tom Scott because um, you had the opportunity to work with Tom for a number of years and you just said it's okay if we disagree as long as we do it without being disagreeable and that was Tom's kind of foundation, right? Tell us a little bit about what your relationship was like with Tom. Well, Tom was primarily my superior for a, a good season of time and, and a great mentor and helped me appreciate leadership. Tom had his style. He was uh, very principled. Uh, he, he knew what he believed, and he knew what he wanted. And uh, it took me a little time to adapt to his particular style, but I learned an incredible amount about him. He was a man of very high integrity and high ethical considerations. And I, I saw him question some of our organizational policies and say that this just doesn't feel right. I understand that it may be legally compliant, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like it's the right thing for our customers or perhaps how we're engaging and treating our employees. And it was great that I got to be uh, connected in a very rich way with him. Uh, we worked together for, gosh, perhaps my whole career, but he was my superior for I think around a decade. And so uh, he, he was a man of few words. Uh, sometimes I like to kick the can around a little bit more. Uh, he didn't need to discuss things a long time when he knew where we wanted to go. And so I, uh, I found though that in a large organization, he was very, very impactful. And he touched a lot of people's lives uh, you know, throughout the organization. He was kind to everyone, uh, whether it would be, you know, just making a deposit with a teller and knowing who the teller was and asking about the, the teller's uh, family uh, and trying to know as many employees as he could personally. And I think that uh, was another learning experience that you're just not uh, in the ivory palace. You need to be connected with your employees that are providing the real service. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. Mm. He touched people beyond the First Interstate Bank family, too, all the way down through everyone that's participated in Leadership Montana. Absolutely. Thank you. 
All right. As we close, Tom, anything that you think Montanans should know today about what you're seeing in the legislature? Well, I think there's bills, um, as always, that touch everyone from um, health and human services uh, to fish, wildlife, and parks. I would definitely uh, tune in. I would pay attention. I would uh, ask questions of your representatives or your, your delegates here. Um, I would make sure that I, that I had my voice heard. Um, we're seeing some, uh, uh, some, uh, some big budget cuts um, that could definitely hurt a lot of people. And if that's, if you care about people with disabilities or you care about people with mental health issues, or you care about people with substance abuse disorders, you, you, need, to, you need to call in and, and let, your, you know, let your representatives know that. Um, and same goes for, for everything else. We've got thousands of bills, so I know it's hard to track, but um, stay active, stay involved, stay in touch, and, uh, and, and make sure that your folks know what you think, because that's our job is to, is to represent you. Our job here is to represent our constituents um, and uh, hopefully to leave our party politics behind and, and pay attention to what's really important. So um, that would be my advice. Thank you. Same question to you, Terry. What is something you think Montanans should know about this process or about what's happening here? Well, I, I think they ought to be frankly encouraged by the process uh, and what is happening. They may disagree with some of the outcomes, but I think they ought to be encouraged that there are uh, rich uh, hearings, uh, that they've been expanded dramatically to allow Zoom participants. Uh, that has never happened before. Uh, so there's uh, good hearings, a good process. Uh, it is met with high ethical standards. Thank you for your service, Representative, Senator. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So, Ray, I'm going to start by having you just say your name and where you live. My name is Ray Shaw. Uh, I live in Sheridan in the Ruby Valley in Madison County. And Ray was a part of our class of 2019 of Leadership Montana. Thanks for joining us today, Ray. Thank you. It's great to see you. Thanks. It's great to see you from across the room with masks. Yeah. Like I said yesterday, I met, ran into a lot of people and... Uh, said, well, it's nice to almost see you. Almost see you. Yeah. See your eyes. <laughs> and Ray, you are not currently serving in the legislature, but you have for a number of years. Yeah, I, my first session was 2013. Melissa, do you want to, can you jump on? Yeah. And start by telling us who you are, what you do, and where you live. Melissa Shannon. Um, I am a public affairs professional dash lobbyist, and I live here in Helena. And you were part of our class of 2016 in Leadership Montana. That's correct. Sweet and 16 or Sweet 16 in the house. Eric Halverson, our, our producer here, is a Sweet 16 or two. Always good to have Sweet 16ers in the house. <laughs> All right. So Melissa works in government affairs. She's vice president of Strategies 360. Uh, Melissa, you've been around this building for a long time. Yeah. What What are you seeing right now? Um, it's it's a very strange environment. Um, this is my sixth session that I've worked pretty much full-time here. Um, my first session was back in 1999 as a, a legislative staffer, and now on the outside it's a little bit different role. But, yeah, it's, um, it's odd, and this is only about my fourth day here. I'm trying to, you know, um, protect my health and, and stay away as much as I possibly can, but you get to the point where... The bills are moving and, you know, you've got to be here to talk to the legislators about, you know, what you're trying to get done. So it's um, it's hard. It's uh, it's especially hard, I think, because it's a hybrid session. So you have a lot of people here in the building, but then you have a lot of people participating at home or wanting to participate in their office for their own uh, personal health issues. And I had a, a conversation with Representative Chris Pope uh, the other day, who's very uh, or Senator Chris Pope. Actually, he's newly elected to the Senate. And. He's uh, working from home in Bozeman, and he's lonely. You know, you miss the collaboration, the connections that you have with your colleagues, with the lobbyists. It's um, We kind of joke amongst ourselves as lobbyists that, you know, the session is hard. We work really hard, long hours, but it's almost like a high school reunion every two years. And, you know, we're 
we all take care of each other. We're all friends and colleagues. And, you know, one day you're fighting uh, somebody on a bill and the next day you're on the same side. So it's a very collegial environment. And, I, you know, I've, I've really missed that over the last year and the connections with friends and colleagues. So it's been fun. But, like, I just want to hug everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> we, heard, we heard the same from, from Jen Hensley this morning that um, it feels, you know, very... Uh, very congenial like there's a lot of humanity in this room in this building that doesn't get reported out of the building would you agree with that oh absolutely I think you know the the outside world is so focused it seems on dividing us and there's so much that can bring us together and you know there's been a lot of um, talk in the press about you know the the lack of health protections and nobody wears masks and I found the legislators you know whether they wear a mask or not to be incredibly respectful Um, and yeah, I think that that does definitely that story gets lost for sure. Yeah, Melissa, what are you seeing as maybe the biggest opportunity for Montana right now in this legislative process? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's it's hard it's hard for me to answer that question right now because there's so many challenges that we're facing, and so I guess challenges in many ways are an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we have we have the kind of tail end, hopefully, of, of this time of, of the pandemic and hopefully coming out of it in the summer, late the summer. Um, we have a budget situation that's not good. And, you know, the every time, uh, you know, we, we have a couple bills where we want to spend some money and we are always met with a resounding, we have no money right now. So that's, that's a challenge. Um, but I think, you know, the opportunity is to try to figure out a way where we can kind of come together out of this stronger. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard because it, it is very polarized and there's very, you know, and it's not just, you know, what you see on TV and what you see, you know, sensationalized, if you will. Um, they're very, you know, different opinions, um, you know, about what our future should hold and, and what the priorities should be. and. You know, that's what's so great about our democracy is that, you know, we have a forum for, you know, those ideas to be discussed. And, you know, hopefully people, like Ray said, will listen to each other and, and find common ground and come up with solutions that, that work best for the state. But, you know, there's there's deep divisions on, on what those are. And you, you see that play out. And, you know, the the majority party feels that they have a mandate to cut taxes, cut spending, cut regulations. And, you know, that's that's going to be the mantra, you know, for the next couple of years. And that's what I think the focus is going to be. So it'll be interesting to see how you can can balance those priorities with, you know, some very real needs that Montanans have that don't necessarily match with those priorities, in, in my p- opinion. Um, so, yeah, it's there's a lot of push and pull. Um, but, you know, what, what I find heartening being up here and, and talking to legislators is, you know, it still really matters to them what their constituents back home think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a way that people, I think, can really make a difference. And, you know, if you, if you want to be engaged in this process, you know, we have a citizen legislature um, for a reason. And I think that's a very good thing. And it provides people an opportunity to, to get to know their legislator and, you know, maybe you know, sit down and talk to them about some issues that matter to you. And, you know, they care what you think. So you, you've worked in all levels of government, federal government, state government, local government. What would you say to someone, a citizen, who doesn't know how to engage with their government? What, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, one of, I think, the positive things about this pandemic is, is it's opened up a lot of opportunities for citizens to engage with the legislature. You know, uh, you can now testify, you know, from the safety of your own home in, in hearings. So... You know, I think the the way to get engaged is to think about an issue that matters to you. You know, look to um, already organized groups, you know, to see if there's somebody out there advocating for something that you care about and get involved with that organization. Um, find, you know, bills through reading the paper or looking through um, our online system. Montana is very transparent. Um, it's really easy to get involved if you just kind of know where to look. and. The Montana legislative website, you know, is very user friendly. It's really easy to see how you can listen to hearings, how you can remote testify. You can even, you know, leave messages 
call, email. There's a plethora of ways you can get involved. It's just you've got to take the time and, and energy to do it. Great, thank you. I know you both are fixing to testify on bills, so <laughs> if you need to go, please do. No, no I'm good for one, one thing I'll add to that is, you know, let's face it, and I have said this forever, we live in the greatest state in the country. Do we have differences of opinion on things? Yes. But one thing I have found at home, uh, thank God today I, I'm leaving here and I'm going to Dillon to get my first shot. Okay? Yay. I mean, I've tried four or five other places, but today I've got to get my first shot. But I had a big concern at home of we live rural, okay? We're an aging population. And especially in these little towns and the little communities and outlying, what about some of those people that don't get out or can't get out? Mm -hmm. Do we know who they are? Are we going to get them vaccinated? And those things, and I've kind of stirred the pot down there. Because some of those people can't even get out of their homes. Well, if there's one thing you're good at, Ray, it's stirring the pot. <laughs> so I have no doubt that you will work hard to make sure that everyone who wants one gets a shot. In, in my area, they will. Let me ask you both a question, because you mentioned having been on other sides of issues together. Was there ever a time that you leaned into your leadership Montana skills to work through those, those, those issues together as a legislator and a lobbyist? Oh, yeah. I mean, listening and collaboration. I mean, how do you, you, you're not going to get anything accomplished by throwing rocks at each other. Sit down and, and figure this damn thing out. You can do that. We may not come to an agreement, but we can at least figure out who's going to go buy lunch. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I use the, the skills from Leadership Montana probably up here on a daily basis. I frequently wish we had more time. You know, it's a it's a sprint up here. Mm -hmm. You know, you we have four months. You know, I don't think people realize like you know many of the bills that are introduced in the session. You don't see them until the session actually starts. So, you know, hundreds of bills come through in a four month period, and so, you know, that's what I frequently find myself wishing for is more time, like more time to sit down and have the the conversations to find the common ground, because unfortunately the we just have to move so quickly. So it, that sometimes makes it hard. It, it, the interim does present uh, an opportunity to do that, but the way that, that Montana has, has you know, designed how we pass legislation, it's, it's a sprint. Mm -hmm. And so it, it frequently doesn't lend itself to, to that. But we do have, you know, the process through uh, the committee hearings. And, you know, I think that's one thing that, that really strikes me is, you know, we have some very uh, contentious committees. The Judiciary Committees, if you look at those, are very, very contentious issues that deeply divide Democrats and Republicans. And one thing that's really struck me, and we've had some really tough issues this session that have come through those Week committees. Week one. Week one. Yeah. And to see, um, you know, the chairman of that committee run that committee, giving, you know, everybody equal opportunity to speak on both sides of issues, um, ensuring that everyone is treated with respect when you know that chairman disagrees with with those folks but that is so heartening for me to see is that you know uh democracy is still important uh to everyone in this building and that you know there's very much a a, a feeling of we need to treat everybody with respect and give everybody their say there were days you'd go what am i doing here why mm -hmm. I, I i need to get out of here you know I'm not going to do this again and and then after lunch and visiting with a couple of folks or you know doing that you go ah, okay here we go you know it'll be fine let's so make what, this thing work why do you do it why why did you serve and why do you continue to be a part of the process what's your why I'll just use the word caring care about the people mm. care about this state care about my constituents that I didn't think were you know, it's easy to sit at home or a coffee shop and throw rocks at, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, then why don't you get involved? Mm -hmm. You know, I come from a pretty pretty conservative county it, that's changing, but I made up my mind I was going to be the voice for everyone. 
Mm. I don't care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent or who you were. I wanted to be that voice. Melissa, what's your why? Why do you participate in this process and and for so your your entire career? Well, it definitely started um, similar to Ray. Like, you know, I I got into politics because I thought that was an avenue to make the world a better place. And, you know, I think one of the things that gets lost is in the partisan, you know, polarization that we have is I think most people, you know, especially elected officials come into into this because they want to they want to do something that they think is right and, and they want to help it's just very deep divisions about what is best you know and there's a you know very philosophical differences about how best to achieve that but I think still everybody still comes to the, the table wanting that um, you know it's my job now so it's a little bit different and you know um, you know, sometimes you get questions like, do you believe in everything you lobby for? Or, you know, why do you work for that group and that group? You know, so for me, what what keeps me going is, you know, I like how the sausage is made. And I like to be able to help my clients achieve success because I know how the sausage is made. So it's really fun because you get to look at it um, from the lens of both sides. And so you know, you'll take an issue and, okay, how, how, is the, how are the Democrats going to perceive this issue? How are we going to talk to them about it? And then you kind of think, how, how, what about Republicans? How are we going to talk to them about it? And so that's what's fascinating to me. Um, you know, but it's also hard because you sometimes get really um, bought into what you're trying to achieve. And if you can't achieve it, it's, you know, I'm a very competitive person. I like to win. So when I don't win, it's, it's frustrating and, and, you know, don't get a lot of sleep at night because you're worried about your bill or whatnot. But, you know, you just have to, to keep moving forward. You know, good ideas sometimes take a couple sessions to gain traction. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do it because I, I want to help people you know, um, and, you know, the, it's a mystery to a lot of people how this works up here. So I want to be a bridge to them so that they can be involved. You know, I have clients, you know, that range all all over the place. And, you know, one of, some of my clients are facing threats to their very livelihood and they could lose their business over legislation. So, yeah, I, you know, I want to fight for them. Like, I want to mix it up and, and, you know, take the opportunity to really engage and, and, and like, educate people you know because because these guys up here they're doing they're doing their very best but they have like 100 million issues coming at them every day they don't have staff Mm -hmm. um for the most part you know that work solely for them so you know it's it's a it's a really hard job to be a legislator in montana so i try to take my former staffer hat on and put that on a lot to try to help them just navigate this and you know um and I just think it's just super important for people to be engaged in, in government and the process. Well, one thing that people don't realize is that this is such a big state and there is not one House district or one Senate district that are the same. Mm-hmm. Not one. I, you, you, we all have different issues. We all have different concerns. We all have constituents that see things differently than the guy across the fence. That's okay. But that's what the challenge is because we're not we're not uh, there's some big country here and lots of diverse ideas and so on and so forth and and you even having lived here my whole life all of a sudden you go wow i didn't think about that Mm -hmm. or i didn't see that one coming where did that come from and so those are the things where you take your little step back take a couple of big deep breaths and go okay now I that gave me something more to think about you know and that's the thing you can get around to everyone in this building and people will help you mm-hmm. because you're not going to know everything and if you try you're kidding yourself because it doesn't work that way you know so it's a people thing it's getting people together sit down at that table and figure lock the door sit down and figure <laughs> things out yeah, that's what's fun about Montana. It's in, in having a citizen legislature. You know, we have, you know, legislators come from all walks of life, all different professions. Yep. And I think that really brings a lot to the, the process. And, you know, the, the divisions that we have, you know, I think most people just assume I mean Democrat versus Republican. And, you know, our state is so diverse. We have urban areas. We have rural areas. We have really rural areas. 
all of those communities are facing different challenges. And so, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to get to work with people who, you know, still really care about their communities and, you know, want to do the right thing for their communities. And, you know, because of that diversity, people have differences of opinions of what that should be, but they still come from a, of a place that they're, you know, trying to improve things for their, their communities and their constituents. I like to think that we have more in common than we have oh, we different. Do. Thank you both very, very much. Okay. Thank Thanks. you. See y'all later. Great okay. to see you. That concludes this special episode of Listen First Montana, straight from the 2021 Montana State Legislature. Thanks to our wonderful guests for taking the time to come on the show. And thanks to you for listening in. If you've enjoyed today's show and want to support Listen First Montana, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Those small steps can really help us connect these stories and ideas to more listeners. Our intro song is a rendition of the Montana State song by Scott Gudger, and our other music is from Blue Dot Sessions. We'll see you in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, thanks for listening to Listen First. Montana.